to share. I believe much to, that needed to be done. The Lord has already done that. I probably just read a verse, scripture. So, one of the things, honey, one of the key things I think I was sharing it uh, last Sunday was that to each one of us, the Lord is given a measure of what? Faith. Okay, so the most incredible thing is God has given each one of us a measure of faith. Meaning none of us is starting from a bankrupt place. As far as our faith is concerned, we are all starting in a place where we are better off and far off. And because God has given us a measure of faith, we all begin from a place where we can believe. We all start from a place where we can believe to see the goodness and the faithfulness of God unfold, poured out, revealed in our hearts and in our lives. Isn't that awesome? So that means none of us is without faith because we all have a measure of faith. The greater thing is us coming to a place of growing and increasing and maturing in the faith that God has placed in us and on us. Okay? So you can tell the person next to you, tell them that you do have a measure of faith. So the cool thing is, now that we know and we believe that we all have a measure of faith, the critical thing in our lives is how to use the faith we already have. Okay? Dion, you do have a measure of what? So the issue is how do you use the measure of faith you already got? You already have it. How do we begin to release and activate the measure of faith that we have? See, because the neatest thing is the more we step into and use the measure of faith that we already have, that's when we grow in our faith. That's when we see increase in the faith that God has in us. So two things I want us to look at in parallel is on one hand, God has given you what? A measure of faith. On the other hand, what I want us to look at is John 3, 34. So John 3, 34, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. If you got one, yeah. So John 3, 34 says, For the one whom God had sent speaks the words of God for God. God gives the Spirit without measure. Okay? So, on this hand, God has given you what? A measure of faith. Your faith is measurable. Your faith is quantifiable. Your faith can be enough or Barely enough, okay? What's on this hand? 
a measure of faith. On this hand, God has given you a measure of faith. But on this hand, he's given you his spirit without measure. I don't know. Do you people understand? Well, he's given you a measure of faith. He's given you a spirit without measure. Meaning the spirit, the power, the anointing of God on your life is far beyond limit, is far beyond description, is far beyond measure, is far beyond any issue. It is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. It is the same power that came upon the tomb and the stone rolled away and Jesus came bam to life. It is the same power that Paul says that I may know him and know him by the power of his resurrection. So what that means is what God is able to do in you and through you is far beyond that which we can ever think or imagine. We rejoice in God heal backs and straighten people and do what he did. That's awesome. But what he's able to do is far beyond what we saw him do today. And what he desires to do is far beyond and way greater than what we've heard about today. So if he has given us a spirit without measure, the only limitation of how much the spirit can do is how much we believe. Somebody get that? Hi, Reverend. I missed you. I was even thinking about you this morning before I came, saying, wonder if the Reverend would be there today. So, Uncle Ken, God has given you a measure of faith. So growth and development in that faith is your responsibility, not God's. Maturing in that measure of faith is your job. Okay? So it depends on how diligent we are in growing and cultivating the faith in us is what is going to place a limitation of how the spirit without measure is able to operate in you and through you. Do we understand? Growing in faith is whose job? Your job. Maturing in faith, whose job? Your job. Because since he's released a spirit without measure, he's got nothing more to give you.
There isn't any more of the spirit he can ever release on you because he's already released his spirit without measure. Other translation says God does not give his spirit in bits and pieces. Okay? That means she didn't receive one bit and I didn't receive one piece and you beat some pieces and be, when we come together we make one whole spirit. Now that's not the way it works. For a witness, God wants to raise the dead. But he's looking for people who have a faith of measure that will agree with his will and see the dead raised. For a witness, God wants to heal cancer because he's already given a spirit without measure, but he's looking for a people with a measure of faith that will align their hearts with his will and see cancer healed. Whatever issues and hang-ups are not on God's side of the equation. They are where? Your side of the equation. Why do you think the scripture says, all creation groans with deeper longing for the sons of God to be revealed? Because all creation knows the only problem is not God. The only problem is the sons of God. That's why they're groaning. If you can figure out who you are and get our act together, then creation will be healed. If we can figure out who we are and unite our measure of faith with the core on our lives, then creation will be redeemed. Because at the beginning, he gave Adam all authority. And he lost it. Jesus came and got all power and authority and he said such power and authority i give unto you who's got all power and authority on earth archangel michael doesn't have any power here archangel michael can only work under the unction that you believe and release him to perform and work and operate on this earth. Jesus is God. He's sovereign. He's supreme. He's powerful. And he's mighty. He only has one issue. He gave you all power and authority. That's why Jesus cannot do the preaching without you. Sovereignly, yes, he will appear to the Muslims in dreams and visions. He can do that. But the way he designed things to work is go ye therefore to all nations, preaching and teaching this good news to everybody that believes, baptize them. By the way, as you go, these signs and wonders shall follow you. In my name you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. You speak with new tongues. You cast out devils. You drink deadly poisons that do not harm you. You pick up serpents and they will not hurt you. For a witness. 
that he sent you for the witness and the sign that he's given you all power and authority. More anointing, Lord. It's a sweet prayer, however misguided. More power, Jesus. Sounds very spiritual, but he's already given a spirit of measure. What if we just decided to use a little bit of faith he's given us and step in and step out and watch God work in us and through us? How neat to that be? I don't know about you. That's what I'm aiming for. Just use the little measure of faith I got. We saw a few people here this morning. Encourages my little measure of faith to believe for more next week. And to believe for more the day after that. Remember when Jesus was rebuking the disciples? Did he say, you people without faith? No. What did he say? You of? Which means they did have some. <laughs> they did have some. It was little, but well, they did have some. Just give me a second. Can we choose to practice and exercise whatever measure of faith we got? No matter how little we got. Because every time we use and exercise the little faith we got, what happens to our faith? It grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. Until our little mustard seed faith becomes a big acorn. And what encourages me the most is that it doesn't take. You see, here's the thing. He that has faith has more as a little mustard seed who said to this mountain, mountain move, be cast in the waters and the mountain will move. Okay? So, something that is working for you. Your faith is this tiny. Tiny faith plus unlimited power equals unlimited things. I don't know if somebody got that. Looks like Dion got it. Oh, there is faith this big. Okay? 
Little faith times unmeasurable power. What's the answer? Okay. Here's a smart way to put it. If your measure of faith is one, multiply your measure of faith one times infinity. The answer is infinity. So which means what decides and determines the outcome is not the littleness of the faith, but the bigness of the unlimited power. And the cool thing is, you've got something. Ever, each one of you can choose whether it's on a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning, that I'm going to go to church. And I'm believing and hoping I'm going to see great things. Guess what? You're going to see great things. And I said to myself, up until I get in my heart the faith to see great things, I'm not even going to bother to come up here. Because what would be the point? I've given enough cool sermons. Beyond that, I just want to see and experience the glory and the power of the Lord. I want you people to come to church and say, yeah, we saw God today. Forget Charles, who cares about him? We just want to come and say, yeah, we saw God do cool things. Because that's what we all come for. We want to see God do stuff. So, just put your hand on the person next to you. And just release the glory of the Lord. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters. I thank you that you're such a magnificent and glorious Father. Lord, I thank you for the good work you're doing in them, the good work you're doing through them, and the promises that you've given them. And I just want to agree with them and say yes and amen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hello, everybody. Um, yes, we've just been um, praying and hearing the Father's heart, and um, we just had this fire burning in our spirit to um, take what the Lord's doing, and we just felt to go on a little trip to Wellington, New South Wales and um, just host seven nights of glory and what the Lord's doing and worship and fast and pray and just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do, releasing the healings and the glory. So um, yeah, we just felt to do that. So that we're going to go for, it's about two weeks including travel. So starting from the top, 
That means instead of going to Africa, those of you that were preparing your hearts to go to Africa, this year instead of going to Africa, we're doing the outreach locally to New South Wales. Okay, so if you are planning on going to Africa, this is what we're doing, and we'll be looking at the Africa trip next year. Making sense? So, um, the Father's just doing something in our nation, and um, it's a real honor and privilege to be here at this time. So, um, that's what we're committing our hearts to, engaging with what he's doing in our nation, engaging here. And we just felt like he was highlighting Wellington. That's where my parents are. They've got a house of prayer there. So um, we're going to go in the 19th of July and then return on the 1st of August. That's about two weeks. And um, it's if people would like to come, it's an f- intense commitment. There's fasting, prayer, worship. If you've traveled with us, um, you, we just we're going to go for it more than what you've experienced before. So if you come with us, you got to be prepared with all your heart to jump in. <laughs> Hear that giggle? <laughs> so more. <laughs> um, I've got a little form. Were we able to print them, Tony? Tony's got a few little forms. If you're keen to come, I've got a little form that you can just write down why you've got it on your heart to come. I like. Yeah, thanks, Tone. So um, we want passionate people that are committed to prayer and fasting and worship, committed to praying in what the Lord's doing. They're so excited down there in Wellington. Things are breaking out and their hearts are stirring. There's such an expectancy. And that's what the Lord just put on our heart to do. So, um, Yeah, so the deal is um, if you want to come, Food is not going to be a priority, so you got to commit yourself to praying and fasting. And uh, I just believe what the Lord is doing and wants to do is not a revival at Texas Church, a revival there or there. What the Father is doing in this country is igniting fires everywhere. So if the Father can use us to ignite a fire over there, and when we come back, we are burning... That's awesome. Okay? So, uh, we just want to see God do more and more and more of what we've been experiencing Him do among us in the last few weeks. And we just want to see more and more and more of that. So, the people there are hungry and expectant. If you're going to commit to come, we would expect the same hunger and expectancy in your heart as you come along. Make sense? Cool, thank you. And we just need to hear from you by this Wednesday because um, <clears throat> we just got to book accommodation there. We're not staying on the farm. We want to stay in town so we can be right there and praying. Um, and um, amazingly, accommodation, crazily, is like booked out in Wellington. So I need to know this Wednesday. You need to give me this one by this Wednesday. Um, yeah. So what she said is if you're planning on coming... Do this form and let's have it by Wednesday, not Thursday, Wednesday. And if it, whoever doesn't bring their thing by Wednesday, we will take it. You're not interested in coming. Because once accommodation has been booked, we don't want to be fiddling around fitting you in because we've got other things we want to be focusing on. 
Making sense? So if you're coming, that in by Wednesday. Thank you. Amen. So, is it still on? Thanks. At um, about 4.29 this morning. Exactly. Uh, Sue was driving the car up a hill and was going a bit fast and she was pushing her foot down harder and harder because it wasn't changing into top gear. And uh, it was night and a corner come up and she missed the corner and she hit a tree and we went over the cliff and I watched, watched Sue flying out the window <laughs> and I flew out the other window and I, as I'm going, I'm going, look at me. It woke me up. Like, now! That's how it woke me up. I was completely awake. I'm going, what the? We've got to change gears. It wasn't changing gear. It didn't change up to top gear. But we were pushing harder and harder. And going uphill in a car, pushing harder and harder, is never going to change the top gear. You lift your foot off the accelerator. You lift your foot off and it will change the top gear. We've got to rest in him. Stop pushing, stop striving, and top gear will come. It was pretty scary. I was going, ah! I heard Sue screaming as she's going down the cliff. It was, it was, there wasn't a bottom. I didn't see the bottom. I just, and it was in a half a second, went off the, went off the cliff. So I encourage you, change gears. Me too, I'm looking at me. It's time to change gears. And you can't do it by pushing harder. Maybe Wellington's waiting for you. Maybe your next door neighbour. Heaven certainly is.